the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every Christian's desire should be to live a life that is pleasing before God. Listen in today as Pastor Draper speaks to us about living to please God. Pastor Draper will be speaking from 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, the first verse. I wouldn't be ashamed of the God who saved me. I am what I am by the grace of God. Y'all shame. I was over in Egypt, my wife and I, and here they call. They got all these call of prayers. For four or five times a day, all the night. The thing that's loud over the speakers. Everybody, here they go, all down. Listen, they in the they come out their businesses or they stretch out on the floor and they suit and they prostrate. They're all down here. And they down. And they stay down there doing that whole prayer time. We in church. And you physically able and came get on your knees. You struggle. Or you so out of shape, you can't. Now, I'm not talking about you who had knee surgery and you who had arthritis and you who are seniors. I'm not talking about you. So don't get, don't get mad on me. If you're not able, you're not able. So I'm not talking about you. But the rest of y'all, y'all able. In prayer meeting these last recent weeks, we've been on our knees so much, we need knee pads. And some of y'all even come to prayer meeting to know we on our knees. They stretch all out. Ain't a shame. And they exemplify more worship to false deities than we do the great God of glory. What is worship? What is, let me define worship for you. Here's my definition. You need to write it down. It may disappear before I finish. <laughs> I hope you got great memories. Uh, I go, go for it. Uh, worship is when the spirit of God ushers me into the presence of God. Worship is when the what? The spirit of God ushers me into the presence of God. Worship emanates from the heart and is an expression of my inner relationship with God. Let me just reiterate that portion first. Worship is when the spirit of God ushers me into the presence of God. Worship emanates from the heart and is an expression of my inner relationship with God. Now, now listen to this. It is a sacred and holy communion with God. That transcends normal human activities as I intensely engage in giving the Lord praise, 
adoration, reverence, and honor. I'll reiterate it because I know you're still writing. Say, oh, please say it again because I'm writing and don't let it go right now. I won't. Worship is when the Spirit of God ushers me into the presence of God. Worship emanates from the heart and is an expression of my what? Inner relationship with God. It is a sacred and holy communion with God that transcends normal human activity as I engage in giving the Lord praise, adoration, reverence, and honor. In other words, worship not only blesses God, worship blesses me. Worship just doesn't bless God. Ultimately, that's who we want to bless. But, uh, but you get blessed because you worship. I mean, when you worship, it gives you an attitude adjustment. When you worship, you gain a kingdom perspective. <laughs> when you worship, you worry less. When you worship, you don't get so easily bent out of shape. With a chip on your shoulder. When you worship God, you're sweeter to your wife, husbands. And you're sweeter to your husband's wives. When you worship, you are a greater blessing to your children, parents. And vice versa, children. So worship is vital. You can't do without worship. And some of y'all really not worshiping because you're allowing the mundane, fleeting, passing things of this world to be an insufficient uh, worship experience, such as television. Some of y'all spend more time with television than God. You go to sleep on it. Uh Uh-huh. Worship. Tonight, we're going to have communion. We're going to be praying for folk who want to be delivered. We're going to be dealing with folk who need jobs. We're going to be commissioning folk in the ministry. And we're going to be all these challenged folk who got problems. They're going to be coming up here by thrones tonight. Seek ye first the kingdom. Y'all say, oh, pastor, that my game go. Oh, no, no, that's why you got technology. You're going to set the DVD, the thing, VCR, whatever you got. You got it in there. Set it. You know how to make it. You know how to match those buttons. You've been worshiping it all along anyhow. Just go on that. Mash it. And don't let nobody tell you what the score is. But I wouldn't let. Oh, let, me, let me ask you a question. I've done this before. Who played last year? I want you, if anybody, you stand up here and I'll sit down. Who can tell me who played last year, who was the most valuable player, and what was the score? How many of you can tell me that? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. You even, some of y'all even remember where the game was played. What does it matter? Okay, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Make me eat my words. Whoa. I sat down, but I got up. Now, I want you to stand up, and can you quote the scripture memory verse? <laughs> Hebrews eleven six from last month. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> Come back. 
So, so, but what I'm saying now, he, he, but he was one out of so many. And if we ever add a footnote to that, I wonder why we can know that. And then we struggle so with scripture memory. See, why? So, so worship is so critical. So, so we got to be intensely engaged. It transcends human activity to the glory of God. Number six, praying must be a way of life. If one is to be a living sacrifice, praying must be a what way of life. If one is to be a living, what sacrifice first Thessalonians five seventeen says, pray without ceasing. Okay. Prayer keeps me dependent upon God and intimate with God. That's what prayer does. And when we're not praying, then we're saying, I know what I'm doing. And the fact of the matter is we don't. Prayer keeps us dependent on God, intimate with God, which helps us to be the kind of sacrifice that God is calling us to be. Number seven, revival is the key to sacrificial living. Revival is the what? To sacrificial living. Psalms 85, 6, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? You see, revival keeps me from becoming a dry stale, and tainted offering before God. Revival keeps me from becoming a dry, stale, and tainted offering before God. Beloved, the key to sacrificial living is to fall in love with Jesus all over again, which ushers in a spirit of revival. God doesn't want you dry and stale. God wants the wind of the Holy Ghost blowing into your life out the staleness so that you can be fresh for the purposes of God. Now, let me, get, let me give you now the evidence of a sacrificial life. Let me, let me allow me now to give you the evidence of a sacrificial life. There's an evidence. This is how you can know if you are a sacrificial offering. The evidence of a sacrificial life. Number one, I'm growing in Christ. That's evidence of a sacrificial life. If you're not growing, then you're not a living offering. Second Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Babies are selfish by nature. That's why we don't want a lot of spiritual babies. Spiritual babies fight over seats and spots and cough spaces and my name wasn't called and why this and why that. But when you grow up, that stuff take on, that means nothing to you. That's why I said, but grow in the grace and knowledge of God. When you're growing, that's evidence that you are a sacrificial offering. What does it profit you to say you've been saved for how many years and yet not growing in the word? You're not growing in wisdom and grace and knowledge. You're not growing in your love for people. You still struggle with difficult people that you don't like. You're not growing in your patience or your intimacy with Jesus Christ. But when you're growing in Christ, you also grow in the word and wisdom and grace and knowledge, love, patience, intimacy. Uh, number two, I'm passionate for Christ. That's another evidence of a sacrificial life. Are you passionate? Say passionate. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31, just jot it down. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31, it says, 
And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. When we are passionate for Christ, we will have a burning desire to please and be used by God however he so chooses. When we are passionate for Christ, we will have a burning desire to what? Please, to be, to please and be used by God however he so chooses. I love him so much. My love for God stimulates my passionate, my passion for God because I love him. He, he puts passion in me. My love drives my passion. Number three, I'm available to God. See, when you're a living sacrifice, that's another evidence that you are a living sacrifice. Don't say you're a living sacrifice and you're not available. I love what Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 says. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. Isaiah was, was, was available. I, 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 uh, let me talk about this availability. Hey, I'm not, avail- I'm not ready to be used by God until I immerse my will into his will. I'm not available until I immerse my will into his will. But the scripture is not my will, but thy will be done. You know, uh, availability is what's lacking in the Lord's church today. Uh, B, when I'm available and accessible to God, I will not only serve him when it's convenient, but also when it's inconvenient. Also when it's what? Inconvenient. Not only when it's convenient, but when it's inconvenient. That means that I, I come to ministry meetings and not excuse myself for any whimsical reason unless I have to work or child is sick or something out of town. I'm not talking about those th- kinds of things. Um, I'm available. I'm available to come to church even when it's raining. I come when, <laughs> when I'm tired. I come because God says come. I'm available. I don't worship God and serve him only when it's convenient to me. Uh, number four, another evidence of a sacrificial life, I'm pa- I passionately give to Christ my time, talents, and treasures. You give of your what? Three T's. Time, talents, and treasure. Second Corinthians 9, 7 says, so let each one give as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. And that's not just money. That's also time. It's also talents, gifts. I mean, you can do math real well. You, uh, you know chemistry. You ought to be tutoring those who are struggling in those. I mean, you, you got different talents that you can offer the Lord's body. You see, your life is a living offering when you acknowledge that all you have comes from God and belongs to God. That's when you know you are a living sacrifice. When you acknowledge that all you have come from whom? God and belongs to whom? And then you, you, you know you are a living sacrifice when you can joyfully release back to God what is his. That's when you know you're a living sacrifice. I mean, I'm not giving it grudgingly. I, I, I'm giving it freely. It's, it's a joy to release back to God what is his. That's when you know you're a living sacrifice. You have been blessed to be a blessing. 
The Lord does not bless us financially solely for us to increase our standard of living, but rather to increase our standard of giving. Isn't that awesome? You know, to increase our standard of giving. Now, it's okay to increase your standard of living, but not, but, but not at the expense of not increasing your standard of giving. Some folk are increasing the standard of living, the living going this way, but the giving is going diametrically the other way. If anything, you ought to be decreasing your living so you can do your giving. You understand what I'm saying? Number five, I'm a living, a one who is a living sacrifice is a living example for Christ. One who is a living sacrifice is a living what? Example for Christ. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. If everyone in this assembly today imitated you for one whole year, what condition would this church be in? Let's be honest. Let's be frank. That's that's cutting to the chase. He says, imitate. Can this church body imitate you? And this church will still be flourishing to the glory of God. Would there be a decrease in funds to our missionaries across the world? Would there be any ministries? What Sundays would we not have anybody here? Huh? Would everybody have a bad attitude? What, 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 what condition would this church? Would anybody be here tonight as we take the Lord's body and blood and remember him? The, the, the elements, if everybody, would we be cussing more? Would we be watching pornography? Would I be playing around on my wife because I'm imitating you? Huh? Would I be shacking, cohabitating because you could, I'm imitating you? Oh, I got the lotteries in my pocket because I'm imitating you. I'm going down to Louisiana and play on that body. Because I'm imitating you. Woo. Would the tithes and offerings dry up? Would we have to file chapter 13 bankruptcy? Some of y'all don't even need to be mailed a statement. It's so little. Are you content? <laughs> what you want a statement for based on how you gave? <laughs> oh, look how quiet it's getting. <laughs> how many of y'all got y'all statements? Raise your hand. Ooh, if you've been here a little time. Can you look at that statement and say, praise God? Or look at it and say, uh-oh. Oh, I get, look what this, this is my, I'm an offering, I'm a living offering and can't give an offering? Is, Lord, is that me? At my age, in 2008, I've crossed over to another year, and this is all I gave you all last year? Number six, let me move on. I don't want to choke you. My life, you know your living sacrifice when your life is in a progression and not regression. That's when you know. When your life is in what? 
progression and not regression. Luke chapter 9, verse 62 says, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one looking back. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 says, now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. That's a huge passage. I wish we had time. Time won't let me turn there. If I could, I would labor with all of those. But I can't for time's sake. If you put your hand in the plow and look back, you're not fit. And if anyone draws back from what you've been doing, he says, my soul has no pleasure in that person. I used to go to church. I used to be in Sunday school. I used to teach. I used to give. I used to go to Bible study. I used to read my Bible. I used to be committed. I used to be an usher in the choir. I used to love babies. I used to serve in auto-visual. I used to greet. I used to go to the jail and visit. We have all those ministers here. I used to go to the jail, to the inmates. I used to go to the Sam shelter for the homeless. I used to go knock on those doors like we're going to do uh, this coming Saturday as we canvass the neighborhood, reaching folk for Jesus. I used to knock on doors. If you've got the used to in your vocabulary, it's a sign you're in regression and you're not being a sweet-smelling offering. Number seven, I passionately, passionately serve Christ. I passionately what? Serve Christ. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many, when you love God, you will serve God. How can you love a God you do not serve? You say you love him? How many of you in here love God? Let me see your hands. Well, then my question to you, how do you love a God you do not serve? Jesus served us all the way to Calvary and died on the cross. And our response to him is that we need to love him all the way to death. The scripture says in Revelation 2.10, be thy faithful unto death and I will give him, you, her, a crown of life. Three points of summarization, and we'll be done with the message. Number one, write summary down. We'll summarize this. Because of the mercies of God that has been lavished upon us, the grace and provisions from God should cause us to return thanks by being devoted and dedicated and committed to Jesus Christ and give him selfless sacrificial service. Because of the mercies of God that has been lavished upon us, God's grace and his provisions, uh, we ought to return thanks by being more devoted to him, more dedicated to him, more committed to him, uh, uh, more, more unselfish to him in our sacrificial service. Jesus paid it all and all to him we owe. Number two, be not deceived. Only a life that is completely surrendered, devoted, and yielded to Christ is acceptable to him. Be not what? Deceived. Only a life that is completely surrendered, devoted, and yielded to Christ is acceptable to Christ. To offer him anything less is unacceptable. Unacceptable. I mean, that's the only thing that can bless God is a life that is devoted and yielded to him. Then number three, 
Last but not the least, because we have been saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, it should be a profound privilege and a profound joy to glorify Christ in our body. Because we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, it should be a privilege and a profound joy to glorify him in our bodies. Everyone turn to Romans 6, 13. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. These are the last two scriptures uh, as we wrap up the message. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Because we've been saved by the shed blood of Jesus, it should be a privilege and a profound joy to glorify Christ in our what? In our body. Uh, Romans 6, 13 says, and do not present your members. What are your members? Your hands, your fingers, your eyes, your ears as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as alive. You know, you're not dead. You've been saved by Jesus's blood, which means we are alive. We we are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. In other words, our fingers are for God. Our ears are for God. Our eyes are for God. Our feet are for God. Our breath is for God. Our minds are for God. Everything is for God. And we're not to use our our instruments for unrighteousness, but for the glory of God. Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 through 21, final scripture. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 21. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 21. Look what it says. Philippians chapter 1, according to my earnest expectation and hope that that in nothing I shall be ashamed. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be what? Ashamed. But with all boldness and as always, so now always also Christ will be magnified in my what? In my body. That's what it's to be, this temple in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live is Christ, to die is what? We are to glorify God, magnify him in our body. Beloved, as I conclude, there are only two kinds of offerings. Either your life is an acceptable offering or or an unacceptable offering. Which one are you? Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.